decorum's what the empire has instead of laws. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, because it's a very um, patronising society. No, it's a pat patriarchal. No, I mean yes, but well, no. Yes. They don't have laws as such that apply equally to everybody. It's all a matter of decorum. You have to conduct yourself in a way that the society around you considers to be acceptable. And if they don't, or if the local lord or planetary governor or what have you considers that you're uh, you're you're not following the rules, um, you can have things done to you. Decorously, of course. That's not dreadfully exciting to have yes. things done to you. Indeed. Um, not, not necessarily enjoyable things. Oh. Although, you know, I, it depends largely on the planetary governor. And, um, you know, whatever floats your boat. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. But that's the Empire of Akinar for you. Mm. Um, yes, anyway. That was a moment of silence, wasn't it? I'm but, sorry, I'm in a... I'm in you a... get them... You get them. You do get them. I'm, yeah. in, I'm in a lull. I've not long had my tea, so I'm in a bit of a lull. Yeah. So it's like, have tea, come out into the virtual clearing, sit down. And bank the campfire. Bank the virtual campfire. Get up. the kettle on. Yeah. Have a sit and ponder the nature of stuff. Pass some biscuits out to the hedgehogs. Also good. Wave to Earl. Yeah, you got to say hi. You have. You have. You have. Yeah. Um, Goose. Goose. <laughs> <laughs> Geese. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm obsessed with a it's puppy fine. dog. I can't it's help fine. it. Window shopping, as it were. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> we're just normal men. Oh, no, we're not. We're, just... we're anywhere off normal and we're definitely not men. <laughs> we're just innocent men. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I can't help it. Anyway, so do you want to do like a greeting of some sort? Yeah, let's do I that. I can't remember how to do this. It's been so long. Since... We start with hello, lovely listeners. Hello, so, lovely listeners. One, two, three. Hello, hello lovely, lovely listeners. listeners. Welcome to Frithcast episode 154. Can I just point out how we went one, two, three, and then left it like another six seconds before we went hello, lovely listeners. You're supposed to be like a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Hello, lovely listeners, like that. Really? Yeah, and you've got to keep it in the thing, in the in the the, the what you call it, the what's name, the rhythm. You've got to keep the rhythm, you know? Okay. Please excuse the virtual light aircraft passing over the virtual clearing. Sorry yeah, about that, it'd be gone uh, listeners. Okay, it'll be gone soon. Actually, I think it's a helicopter. It's I still a light aircraft. Too. Yeah, it'd be fine. But, um, I mean, you know, if it's not an A380, it's a light aircraft these days. Oh, well, you know, A380's got junk in the trunk. They much, much junk. Yeah. But um, such wow. Such wow. <laughs> Goose. Um, so where were we again? Hello, oh, lovely listeners. Yes. We've done that. We Good. have. We're making the progress then. The next bit is that we say who we are. So we do, yes. Do we do Welcome to Frithcast? We can do that. You do that. You okay. Do that. Welcome to Frithcast, episode... Welcome to this Frithcast episode. Well done. Well, nicely recovered. I thought it's smooth, like smooth it. as oat. They'll never silk. notice a thing. Absolute silk. silk. Um, I am... Going to stay quiet while you introduce yourself. That was one of Kiar's perfect landings, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hello, lovely listeners. I am Suzanne Martin. 
I'm <laughs> half your hosting team at Frithcast. I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff. And I'm uh, I'm I'm Kate, and I am neither a heathen nor do I have a head full of stuff, or indeed anything. Um, uh, but I live here, so I get to join in. It's pretty good. It'll do. It's, yeah. You know, as as excuses go. Good enough for government work. Yeah. <laughs> All good. All good. <laughs> so today we are here at Frithcast Towers. No, not Frithcast Towers. Frithcast. Virtual campfire. Frithcast clearing. The yeah. Frithcast grove. Grove? We're not. We haven't got pretensions of grandeur thingies. Uh, excuse me, druid. Yeah, but still, it's it's not big enough to be a grove. It's just kind of this. Although technically, space. as a Roman druid, I probably should have a nemus instead. You can have a nemus, son. Thank you. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So okay, what are we talking about today? Well, I thought, given that. Time is wibbly-wobbly and does spirally things. Mm. And, you know, you drink too much coffee, you can see it. Indeed. Oh, I can tell you all about the block universe theory if you wanted. No, I'm good, thanks. Okay. Bit bit early for block time. We might might get up to that dizzying height later. Fair enough. So I thought we'd revisit a, a topic that we last covered in episode 16. I mean, to be fair, that is quite a while ago. It is. Shall we put the music here and, and keep them in suspenders? Absolutely. <laughs> nah, just kidding. talked about altars in episode 16 and they've kind of come into focus for me especially recently in the fact that yes we have uh, at least one two three many lots altars in our home (laughs) Um, a good couple of major ones and several minor ones around the place Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they are focal points for faith yeah but Often, you know, if you find yourself um, out and about, you find yourself going to a festival or you find yourself needing to conduct ritual outside, Mm -hmm. you can't very well kind of unbracket the kitchen shelf and take it with you. It's with all the stuff on it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to work. It's a bit of an undertaking if you want to do that. It is. So there has to be another way because I'm fairly sure out there. And around the virtual campfire, there are other heathens listening in where they've taken the stuff to do for an outside ritual and the ground's been rocky or it's been muddy or you put your incense stick down in the grass and it's set fire to something or it's gone out because the grass is damp. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just you, you kind of need some kind of surface to put stuff on to create that boundaried focal space. Yeah. So with that in mind, I'd like to talk about 
outside altars, mm-hmm. and I like to talk about portable ones. Okay. So I want to start off with like the simplest kind of portable altar that I know of, mm-hmm. which is like a sometimes you get like mints in tins. You do. Like little tiny um, hinged metal boxes. Yeah. And so in one of those, or a similar container, mm-hmm. if you have a whole thing where you're going to go through a scanner fairly regularly for work and a metal tin is not a good thing, <laughs> find some other kind of box or pouch or little container that you can keep it in. Yeah. Metal is all good because it doesn't squish very easily. Therefore, you can like drop it in the bottom of a bag or a rucksack or a glove compartment in the car or in your pocket and it will not go squish. Just Whereas, not handy if you work in airports or... Yeah, anywhere that has a metal Government scanner, facilities then, or... Yeah, no, not so good because then you're having coffee with the security TIs for the fourth <laughs> time in the week because you've put your pocket altar in the back of your trousers and forgotten that it's a metal tin. Yeah. So if needs must, find some other way of carrying it and all it has to be, all it might need to be is just in your wallet either... Uh, uh, a laminated card with an image on one side and a prayer on the other side yeah becomes a portable space that you can then set up so if you end up working a desk job or you're working a driving job you put it on the dashboard yeah you work a desk job you prop it up against the monitor or up against the phone and it's that little drip feed constant reminder mm. so it doesn't need to be a big thing and it, it can just be you know if you want to make it wallet size make it a card yeah. Make it a laminated card. Um, I know of at least one awesome craftsman who makes little tiny metal image, like a little tiny credit card sized metal sheet with an image etched on it okay. of one of the gods or goddesses. You just put it in your wallet with your other cards. Nice. And so you could have, you know, a laminated piece of paper, a laminated card, a little bit of folded card in the back of your wallet somewhere mm, mm. and it becomes that constant drip feed reminder. Yeah. So that's one way of doing it. If you want to upgrade and go all snazzy and you've got a little tin or a little tiny, you know, a box or something similar that you can carry with you, then a tea light candle. Yeah. And a card, an image, a prayer card of some kind or little tiny Statutory, statuary or objects that you can put in that Stat- with sta- statutory statuary statutory statuary <laughs> which is statutory to carry no we're getting silly now just a tap yeah <laughs> so in your little tin you could have a little tiny piece of cloth or board that you can unfold and put your tin on as an altar base mm-hmm. and then put your statuary on it and your candle on it and it becomes a tiny portable altar nice yeah you can also put an altar outside. Okay. So you might want to mark a, a permanent space outside in land that you have access to, like a backyard, a front yard, might be slightly more open to interpretation in the front yard. But if you've got a backyard or a quiet corner, mm-hmm. then you could put down a, um, a log on end, mm-hmm. like a little tree stump kind of space, which again gives you that boundaried sacred space which is permanent where you can put your drink offerings where you can put a statuary you can put a piece of incense you can just create that little tiny sacred space yeah you might want to build it out of rocks build it out of bricks Mm -hmm. or 
you know, build two pieces out of rocks and balance a plank on top of it or a disc of wood on top of it and it becomes again that bounded mm. sacred area that you can put things on hang things off create as a focus for external ritual but mm. that's more of a permanent structure mm. which is no bad thing yeah because if you've got that permanent focal point you know on your own land or in your own backyard it could be something as simple as you know, two or three bricks stacked on top of each other, and when you want to go out and use it, you just take a, a kitchen tray or a board, yeah, and you put it on top of the bricks, alter space, yeah, then and there. That's what I mean. In, in the end, I suppose there's there's basically there's two there's two sort of aspects to this. There's there's first of all the practicality of having a flat area that you can put things on. Yes. Um, bonus because otherwise your horns of me just fall right over indeed indeed it's no good it's um, embarrassing so you yeah so you've got the the, the the sort of flat surface to put things on and that's fine you could make that out of more or less anything yeah um kitchen tray kitchen tray or you know even if you know just some natural piece of horizontal rock yeah somewhere yeah still good um so but then there's also the sort of spiritual element that makes it into more than just a flat piece of rock or yes. a kitchen tray. Or yeah, the, the more you use it, mm. the more you focus on it, the more your brain associates that site, that texture, that space mm. with ritual action. And it's like it deepens it, the thought in your brain. Um, it's kind of like if you're using ritual wording over and over and over again, you get that familiarisation, that comforting feel because you know what the words are you know what comes next yeah you've used them in so many previous situations where you've got comfort from them mm. and so this time the brain goes oh we've done this before it kind of felt very comforting it felt quite focusing quite centering now i can anticipate it happening again because we're doing exactly the same words again yeah so using an outside altar exactly the same you could use the base of a living tree providing you know you're not covering it in um, polyester ribbons yeah well yes yeah, <laughs> if you're yeah. going to offer stuff make it biodegradable <laughs> please yeah no wire yeah <laughs> no nothing like that we don't want stuff growing being grown into the tree and yeah nothing that, that kind of if an animal runs off with it is going to harm them yeah um so yeah here in the uk there is there are traditions, especially around um, sacred well sites or particular trees on particular sites. I'm thinking in particular of one up at the Nine Ladies. There's a what I know is a, a, a blessings tree or a wishing tree up there. You might yeah. know it under a different name, which people are using as a focus for um, offerings for mini ritual or big ritual. And they will commonly leave something hanging on the tree or tie something to the tree in the culmination of that mm. ritual or time. Um, so, yeah, great if it's a whole, you know, half a coconut or a string of nuts that birds can go utterly bat nuts over, but <laughs> not so good if you're using wire and polyester ribbon because that will ultimately harm mm. what is there. So if you do want to leave, um, like, a piece of rag or cloth that is tied around as a culmination of ritual behaviour, then use something that will degrade and as a, not um, harm anything else out there. 
going off at a slight tangent, but vaguely related, there's a there's become a tradition in the last several years, couple of decades maybe, I don't know, but it's become quite the thing in the UK to do love locks. Yes. Uh, which is where you go and buy a padlock from a hardware store. Yes. Uh, you take it out to a local bridge. Yeah, one um, with railings typically. <clears throat> with with like um, crisscross. Yeah, railings. Uh, railings or, on it. Yeah, yeah. And you lock the padlock to the bridge, with and it's got might have a little engraving on it to say how much you love this particular person. Or yeah, what have you. could be and your you, initials, could be yeah. a whole like you know ode to poetry going on on there in very tiny writing. Yeah, and you lock it to the bridge and you throw away the key because you're never going to unlock, you know, and 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 so forth. And then the local council have to come along and cart the bridge away yeah. or at least the railings and replace them because there's one there's one town um i shall name no names um but uh if you're interested in puddings yes it's a good place to go it is. Uh, there's one in the uh, in the peak district in central england and um they they have uh, bridges there that have i mean i i'm not a structural engineer but there must be extra tons of metal weight locks. on those bridges, and I'm like, I wonder what the the the. I always wonder what like like the the, the leeway was for weight. Yeah. The stress, the additional stress. The stresses on the yeah. structure must be quite considerable. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. But it was just because you were talking about the offering tree, it kind of the yes. the wishing tree. It made yeah, me yeah. think about the th so, the things people do in terms of tying stuff to stuff. Yes, and it it comes back to, you know, even if you're using your own outside space. Used and you were intending to leave an offering outside, ensure that it's biodegradable. Yep. Vermin can become an issue. Yeah, always uh, make sure you're using biodegradable least, vermin. Yeah, at the very least you get ants because that's how you get that's ants. That's how you get ants, yep. At the biggest, you know, if you're in different countries and listening to this podcast, you might end up with like very inquisitive bears. I was going to say. Raccoons. Rats. I was thinking rats. Rats, yeah. But yes, bears. I hadn't thought bears, I must admit, because I'm very parochial. Um, and you don't want parochials sniffing around you, your altar either. You do not. You know, get yeah. a growlery one of those and you're not. A growlery parochial. Yeah. The worst sort. I know. The yeah, worst sort. So grumpy. Yeah, yeah. But yes, you're very correct. Um, the tails. On on yeah, I mean how how they how they manage to carry so many tails around with them, I don't know. I don't know how they get through the revolving doors. No, either. absolutely not. No, it's the the with the hooks. Yeah, can't do you know? it. I mean, I mean it must, must be embarrassing. It's been a nightmare. I mean, they can't even go in the woods, to be honest. Just catch on everything. Yeah, yeah. Does a parochial in the woods? Like no, because it can't get in there because it keeps hooking itself yeah. on the trees. And, you yeah, know, nightmare. Caught, caught on a style, and you just sat there embarrassed until somebody comes along to yeah nightmare for the no poor good. things and the less said about the noses the better Don't anyway they smell terrible <laughs> what the hell are we talking about <laughs> um yes anyway so um what were we talking about? We were talking about <laughs> the importance of doing biodegradable, yes. non-verminous yeah. stuff yeah. on your altar. Yes. Carry on saying sensible, meaningful things. <laughs> okay. So we've covered 
pocket alters. Yes. And like little cards you can put in your wallet. Yes. That, you know, you could look at little laminated cards. Um, I've got on my altar at home, I have examples of statuary, statuary that can't be, you know, three or four inches tall. Mm, mm. Easily big enough to go into a, a bag if you're going to go away or going to go to ritual or you put them in a belt pouch and take them with you. Yeah. The other one I wanted to have a chat about, yes, there's external altars that are permanent, mm -hmm. but you're looking then at external altars which are not. If you're going to go to a ritual site, which is a public space, you kind of want an altar set up which, A, you can take there, and it's not going to, you know, shatter you just carrying all the bits to the ritual site. Yep. B, that you're not going to lose any of the ritual bits at the ritual site. And then see that you've got to pick, pack it all up and cart it away with you again. Mm -hmm. So I'm having, at the moment, um, I have commissioned a very, very talented craftsman to build a collapsible portable altar, which I can take, which will break down mm -hmm. into a very simple number of parts. And I can then take to a ritual site, assemble within seconds. Yeah use and then disassemble and put back into a carrying case or on a bag strap and yeah. take it back with me hmm. i've seen in the past you know some folks will just use a picnic blanket put on the floor yeah the difficulty with that is it isn't even no so if you're going to stand stuff on it like candles you're going to have to be really really careful hmm. i've seen some folks, you know, they'll go out to a park or a space that has benches and they will just use a bench or a picnic table and use a corner of that for the altar. And yeah, that can be good because at least you've got somewhere that's a, a permanent solid space that's not going to tip over first gust of wind you get or, you know, a bit of rain or some mad other dog rattling up to come and say hello and knocks into something and the whole lot goes flying. Because they can get very enthusiastic. They can. I mean, the other alternative is to take like a camp camping table. Mm -hmm. So you can get, um, at least here, you can get like camping tables that have got little short legs, so they're like eight inches tall. Yeah. Which is fantastic. But if you're doing ritual with a group, you kind of want an altar that's higher than eight inches off the floor. Yeah, unless you want to get the group very, very close together. Very, very, very close <coughs> together. <clears throat> and then your kind of spiritual focus for that space is eight inches off the floor. Hmm. Which might be your thing. It might. You might, if you're there alone, you might just sit next to it and have that altar more on your height. Hmm. And the thing with the camping tables is they're great, they're white clean, bonus yeah they're very lightweight they're designed to be collapsible also bonus but they might lack something in the stylish front that's the thing yeah i mean they're they're, they're functional but yeah you have to decide i guess whether whether function or aesthetic is the most important part do we want style or substance, or substance. Style. style or substance yeah it's the eternal question it is so the one I'm having built at the moment, the one I, I'm currently in consultation with a very talented craftsman with, is I've, I've asked for it to be built out of ash wood. Yeah. A wood that is 
holds a sacred value to me. And I guess if you're then looking at building or commissioning a collapsible portable altar space, mm. you then the consideration of the materials. Yeah. How many pieces it breaks down into, how heavy it's going to be when it's done. Yeah. And what designs are on it. You know, aesthetically, do you want it plain so your focus is on the items? Mm. Or do you want it decorative so that it creates that very decorative, ornate space yeah. for your items to go into? So for me, there's a lot of considerations. And yeah, we talked about altars around the home. Yeah. And um, the fact that, you know, one of my main, yeah, one of my main ritual tools is still the hammer, uh, the lump hammer I bought from a DIY store. Works just fine. Style. Or substance. <laughs> yeah. So I have a little mini lump power yep. that works great for ritual use. But, you know, bought from a hardware store. Hmm. Because, what is, because it's what you need. Because it's it's kind of what I felt was the most valuable to me, was a working tool. Yeah. But on there as well are things like my oath ring, which is dead easy. If I want to go outside and go out and about to do ritual, I just put that on and wear it. Granted, you might get the odd strange look if you're travelling there on the bus, but, well, you know, again, it's style and substance. It's, it's, hardly the worst thing. <laughs> it's hardly the worst thing I've seen people wearing on a bus. Actually, yeah. Fair point. <laughs> you know? Fair point. But, yeah, if you're going to do ritual outside, you've got that consideration of you've got to take all your kit with you that you want, mm -hmm. and you've got to take some kind of altar base... Or know that the site you're going to has something you can use temporarily mm. for that space. You might choose that actually you don't want to delineate your sacred space and putting it on the grass is creating sacred space on the grass. Yeah. I and, suppose. You know, has no border and has no edge to it. No edge. No edge. Um, <clears throat> I suppose it comes down to... Um, I mean, it's a lot of it is is going to be your own individual... I want to say aesthetic again, but I mean in the sense of... Um, do you like plain and simple or do you like twiddly bits? Yeah, your, your, kind, of, your kind of faith or practice um, sensibilities, if you like. Mm. Um, you are going to be the one who decides... If it's, if it's for you specifically, mm. or you're conducting the ritual, then obviously you, have, you, you are in that position of deciding, okay, how... Do I want to um, conduct this? How do we want to direct the focus of this ritual to the place it needs to be? And it might be that, as you say, you know, using a fallen tree or using a, a, a patch of grass or what have you, or rocks on the seashore, maybe that's, maybe that's the, for want of a better word, the vibe yeah. that you're looking for. Um, but also you, you're wanting to, to, to think to yourself, well, you know, over the longer term, is this something I'm going to be having to do quite a lot? In which case, yeah, it might be worth actually pinning down or even having, you know, making moves to obtain from somewhere the sort of thing that you're looking for. You know, so, yeah, if you want a collapsible takedown thing with certain designs on it and all that kind of yeah. thing, you might want to consider looking to see if you can find somebody to, to do that work for you, or doing it yourself if you have those skills and the tools and all that kind of thing. Spoiler alert, um, Vida, I do not. We definitely do not. 
But I mean, there's, there's, that's the, 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 the nice thing about a lot of the sort of heathen slash pagan communities is that they do have a lot of people who are into the craft stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like we go to, um, I mean, haven't been to one for a while. There's been like pandemics and, and things. Just but a wee little hiccup bounce in the record. Yeah. Yeah. But the, um, the, the pagan festivals and things that I've, I've been to in the past have, they've had loads and loads of people, you know, selling their craft work and things. And you've got people who do carvings and people who do pyrography, you know, scorching designs yeah. onto, onto wood and things with a, yeah, with yeah. a sort of hot torch and all that kind of thing. Ceramic work. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's lots, you know, there's, that's, that I guess is the advantage of, you know, we're being within this community, even if only sort of peripherally, you know, it's not that far of a reach to find, yeah, it, and again, it's it's like when you're looking for suppliers of ritual equipment or suppliers of ritual clothing, ritual jewellery, mm. what are you happiest with? Mm. Are you wanting, does it hold meaning for you just to have that item? Does it hold meaning for you to have an absolute archaeological replica? Yeah. Does it hold meaning for you to have a heathen crafting that item or mm. a pagan crafting that item? Does that hold value in the decisions that you are making mm. on where those objects come from that you are going to incorporate into your own personal practice we can't tell you how to heathen neither can anybody else and therefore yes you get a huge amount of freedom and deciding what holds value for you mm. but it's sometimes those decisions come with a lot of um, thought process to go with them and you might find that they change going all the way through. And it's the same with altar spaces. You might find that just taking yourself to a sacred, what you value as a sacred space yeah. is enough. And on other times you might feel, you know what? I want to do all the bells and whistles today. Yeah. I want my portable altar. I want to take incense with me. I want to take a fire pit with me. I want to be able to cook food out there or I want to be able to boil a kettle out there and share a drink with the gods. Mm. I want to be able to have mead out there. I want to be able to make food offerings, yeah. and make drink offerings. I want to be able to, um, you know, take enough for a, a kindred or a gathering of 30, 40, 50 people. Mm. That's quite an undertaking. Yeah. So... Again, it depends because you might find that there are points in your practice where you might think, actually, this is a solo thing. Yeah. This is just going to be me and the gods and no frills. In which case, it can be as informal as you want it to be. Yeah. And yeah, you might still want want to do the bells and bells and frills and whistly, whistly bells. Yeah. The whistly bells. The whistly bells. Um, <clears throat> but. There again, at the same time, you might also want to do, you know, this is going to be, for want of a better phrase, a bit quick and dirty. You know, I'm just going to make do with what I've got. I'm going to gather things up from around me or whatever, assemble something yeah. for like a one use. But it's going to be meaningful because I'm making it meaningful. And yeah. that's the thing. It's the, the meaning is the meaning is from you. Yes. And that's the that's always the case, whether you're talking about a little you know, a pocket altar in a tin that you keep in your bag and you carry around, around with you all the time. Yeah, you just go have two minutes with at lunchtime and then yeah. put on your commute, you put it on the dashboard on the way home or you hold it, hold the tin in your hand on the bus on the way home or the train on the way home yeah. or going to and from medical appointments. It becomes that sort of five-minute focus. Yeah. 
but that that meaning comes from you and it's just the same if you have one of those or if you have that you know a tree stump in the woods or if you have a, a, a you know somebody construct a, a marvelous thing with designs and patterns that clips together and you know you can uh, you can you can take with you in the boot of your car or whatever it might be cannot wait the trunk of your car <laughs> trunk yeah most of our listeners are in america so they the, are the trunk yes. of your car. The, the the bit where you put things not people cargo hold yes yeah. thank you <laughs> cargo bay three indeed yes <laughs> uh i still want to take an imperial eagle to a festival one day i know just, you just put the festival in the Imperial Eagle, to be fair. Well, no, it's just, if you just land that lovely, shiny Gutamaya thing and you just land it at the top of the field, drop the gang gang thing down at the front, the gang ramp down at the front, mm. and you just step down and you can do all your camping underneath the wings. It'd be brilliant. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so it's... Until it fell through the ground. Because I was going to the... say, until the back bit sunk a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not so good. Because <clears throat> it's too heavy, but mm-hmm. anyway. But yeah, you've got the choices between carrying a little card in a, a a pocket, a wallet, making a pocket altar out of a, a tin or a box or even like a little bag where you've got a, a one inch statue of somebody and a, a prayer on a scroll that's rolled up in there and just stays in that case or stays in that place. Mm-hmm. And you can go from that yes you can have ones around your home or around your house that have got items of import on them or at the very least a place where all your ritual stuff stays in one place um so you're not running around trying to hunt it out going where did that go after the last time i used it <laughs> it's in here somewhere yeah i know that but where but then going to outside permanent altars and outside temporary ones mm. and how what kind of considerations you might want to make in celebrating your faith outside. Yeah. You know, nature hates pagans, but we tend to want to be outside when we celebrate special occasions or days of mark. Some of us don't mind the rain. <coughs> Some of us are kind of okay with the rain. <coughs> as long as, you know, it's not... I mean... As long as it's, I was going to say, as long as it's not like too stormy, you know, there are yeah. limits. But... but a good solid storm will do you nice. This is true. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. So, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you with that refresher update from episode 16 to episode 154. So, you <laughs> haven't been waiting too long for this one. 154, did we decide it was? I think so. It's got to be around about that, hasn't it? Ish. It's 150 something. Yeah. I'll find out and I'll put it on the um, uh, on the title on the thing. Be fine. On the, the the upload. Yeah. The upload will have the right number on it. Yeah, be all right. It's just I can't think of what the right number is. So yeah, if you want to find us online and tell us we've got the episode number wrong, you can. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> you can find me. I'm Suzanne Martin. I am still a heathen with a head full of stuff, but I want to say the other thing. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook and at my blog at Githa in Jeans. And if you'd like to find me for any reason, I can't see why you would, but there you go. Um, I do. <clears throat> you can find me basically through Suzanne. Um, I'm, I hang around on the on our Discord server. Yeah. If you want to find that, you can come visit us at um, uh, on Facebook. Just do a quick search for Frithcast Pod. 
that will take you to our little page on there and from there direct you to our group where the link for our discord server may be found yeah come and so, join us there that's our virtual virtual campfire it is come and join us around the virtual virtual campfire come and have a chat come and chat to other awesome people from around the world mm. lovely listeners we are all done for today thank you very much for joining us for this episode come and join us for the next one it's been lovely to see you all an absolute delight thank you very much have a biscuit biscuit can i say that cookie yeah. Cookie? Have a cookie. Cookie. Because oh, biscuits something, again, America, biscuits something quite yeah, different, isn't it? Yeah, they, they do mad things with gravy. The gravy, yeah. I know, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like my dad, as a, as a Scot, he used to have salt on his porridge. Ooh. And I'm like, I can be as Scottish as you want. But that ain't happening. But I have my limits. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sorry, there's always going to be a little bit of me that goes, salt on porridge? No. <laughs> Lovely listeners, we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.